Mayor Lightfoot in the Chicago Public Schools have a, a, a role. Um, they, they should be held accountable in so many ways and should be a part of this conversation and have a voice in what actually happens to the significance of the school district. It's really important. It's too important. Democracy does not come through service on the board. Democracy comes through having the ability to elect the people that you think will best represent you. Welcome to the Cloutcast, a podcast by The Daily Line. This is episode 10, and the date is May 10th, 2021. I'm your host, Caroline Kamsansky. The campaign for an elected school board in Chicago is heating up in Springfield as well as in City Hall, with a call from Senate President Don Harmon to put a bill on Governor J.B. Pritzker's desk by the end of the legislative session on May 31st. I spoke with two major players in the legislative debate around the elected school board, Senate Majority Leader Kimberly Lightford of Maywood and Senator Robert Martwick of Chicago. Martwick is championing a bill that would provide for a 21-member fully elected school board. Lightford is carrying Mayor Lori Lightfoot's bill, which provides for a hybrid board with some elected and some appointed officials. I spoke to them both shortly before a May 4th meeting meant to bring together the sponsors of the different bills and spoke to Senator Martwick just after President Don Harmon had committed to putting a bill on Pritzker's desk by the end of the quarter. I want to begin with Senator Martwick. Some criticisms of your bill have centered around the fact that it doesn't have a provision for parents to sit on the board. I was wondering if you wanted to respond to that. Are you open to an amendment that would include a carve-out for parent participation on the board? At this point, I would say I'm open to anything, although I would also say that I don't think that's necessary at all. Right now, parents of CPS students have no access to democracy whatsoever as it relates to their public schools. They do, however, have access to city council, where a number of people who are parents were elected through the course of elections. And they also have access to the General Assembly, where parents like me have been elected to serve in the Illinois General Assembly. They also have access to Congress. Tammy Duckworth has two children. She's a United States Senator. So my point is this, right? The idea that we should create some sort of special carve-out for seats that are dedicated to parents, democracy does not come through service on the board. Democracy comes through having the ability to elect the people that you think will best represent you. I grew up in the suburbs, and we had an elected school board in the suburbs that had parents, it had senior citizens, it had someone who didn't have children but had a PhD, and those different viewpoints all brought us to the right place, but it was the voters who judge those people's qualifications to sit on that board. It's, it should never be government telling you who should best to serve you. It should be you telling government who you think is best to serve you. Politico recently reported that a meeting among supporters of three different elected school board bills would take place on Tuesday, which is today. What do you hope to get out of that meeting? Well, this is the first real sit down. The supporters of a fully elected school board and representatives from the city will sit down and we'll start to talk. You know, I have been asked to do that and I am going to do that. That is part of the process. I'm never going to refuse a conversation or a negotiation. I remain committed to a fully elected school board. The Senate president on Friday said that he is committed to a fully elected school board, but he wants to discuss a a potential transition period. And so, you know, I'm going to go in there with the idea of discussing a potential transition period. Again, I, I 
faith in democracy. I believe that that we could skip that, but I'm going to go in with open ears, uh, an open mind and an open heart and see if, you know, always trying to keep in mind that while I trust and I believe in democracy, I also want to make sure that whatever we're doing, and I think this is the president's concern, is that we make sure that we're not putting uh, student outcomes, uh, educational outcomes in any sort of jeopardy by making an abrupt change. So jumping down my list, uh, President Harmon, like you said, called for that meeting. And why do you think there is such resistance to having a completely elected school board? I don't know that there is. I think there are a couple of very loud voices, obviously, but I think that they're in a, a minority. And what I would point to is that when these referenda were run in 2011 and 2015, portions of the city where they were on the ballot, they passed with 90% in favor of a fully elected school board. This has passed the Illinois House of Representatives when I was in the House. It passed with margins of 104, 108, and 110 votes out of 118. Massive, massive supermajorities, right? Almost a unanimous vote. And so I don't think there is a whole lot of opposition to this. I think there's a small amount of opposition. And, and the interesting thing is, most recently, Crane's Chicago business, right? I mean, this is their readership is the business community. They did a readership poll. And they specifically asked if their readers preferred a hybrid board or, and, and I say specifically, they didn't say just fully elected board. They said the 21 member board, fully elected board that's currently proposed in the Illinois General Assembly. And 79% of their readership said that they were in favor of the fully elected board. So the idea that there is opposition to this, it is super minority opposition. It's just a couple of loud voices. So some of those voices oppose this measure on the grounds that it would be an administrative nightmare to draw new school districts, or they're concerned that the districts wouldn't be representative of the CPS student body. Do you want to respond to that? Uh, absolutely. And, and what I would say is that um, I'm, I'm very actually appreciative of their concerns because they're the same concerns that I had when I took stewardship of this process about six years ago. Um, these were the same concerns that really everyone involved said, hey, we've got a safeguard against those things. And the structure of my bill was designed to do just that. Now, number one, drawing maps is, or districts is never a, a, a wonderful process, but it is what currently exists in the law. And the reason for drawing those districts is to ensure two things. Number one is to ensure that the school board reflects the rich diversity that is the city of Chicago. And how do I know that 20 districts would work? Well, 20 districts based off of the population of Chicago, if drawn equally, would have about 135,000 residents in each district, very similar to a state representative district, which has about 108,000 people. If you look at the breakdown of the Chicago members, the members of the Illinois House of Representatives that represent the city of Chicago, it is almost an exact match of the demographic breakdowns of the city of Chicago. Not by design, but that's how it worked out. When you have more districts that are smaller in size, democracy will 
naturally reflect the demographics of the city. So it works and 20 members will work. This is why I've always argued against bigger districts, fewer districts in size. That was, I've heard that complaint all the time. Oh my gosh, 20 is too many. It'll be unwieldy. But democracy works whether you have 20 school board members, 50 aldermen, 59 state senators, 118 uh, state representatives. Yes, we have debate uh, and we have votes and we accept the outcome of those votes. It works. The idea is, is that whatever sort of more challenging meeting you would have, it, it certainly um, is, is irrelevant when compared to making sure that that board has the diversity needed to reflect the entire city so that every community has a seat at that table. What do you think of the concern that an elected school board could spend a lot of its time in political gridlock at expense of student outcomes? What I would suggest is that the counter of that argument has been made throughout history um, in other parts of the world where uh, charismatic leaders would come into power through democratic elections and then argue that democracy was too messy and slow and they couldn't get anything done. So we should just do away with democracy. And I would suggest that those outcomes were not very good. I trust that democracy always brings us to the best outcomes. And most importantly, when it doesn't, then we, the people, have the power to make the changes that we see fit. And it happens time and time and time again throughout our history where we address problems in our government by changing that government through the course of elections. It's time for the Chicago public schools to have that same. Other folks have said they are concerned about fully elected school board bills because of the potential for dark money or big scale campaign cash to get into the race. Are you concerned about that? And are you open to amendments that might prevent that issue? Anytime you make a profound change in the structure of government through legislation, you it is a fool's errand to conflate that with other profound changes, right? So the idea of saying, let's do campaign finance reform and an elected school board in the same bill is silly. You, you don't do that. You do campaign finance reform in its own bill, you focus, right? Um, because if you do too many things, they all fail and you get nothing done. Um, so do I believe in campaign finance reform? Heck yes. I'm a big supporter of it. Uh, I believe that we need to find a way to get dark money and corporate money uh, out of politics. Yes, I, I think there should be greater disclosure. Absolutely, all of those things. But I believe that that should be a separate measure from what I'm doing. But since I cannot eliminate, right, uh, the Citizens United decision by the United States Supreme Court said that any dark money pack can operate and influence the course of elections and there's nothing we can do about it. Since I know I can't eliminate that, what I could do is I can limit that influence. And the way that you limit that influence is once again, smaller districts, more districts and smaller in size because the smaller the district, and I can speak from personal experience here. Throughout my career, I have served on a village board of 15,000 people. I have been a state representative of 108,000, a state senator of 216, and I once ran for county commissioner for 350,000. And what I can tell you from personal experiences is that the smaller the district, the less important the money, and the more important your ability to grassroots organize, which of course is largely dependent on the work that you've done in your community, right? So the smaller districts mean that 
people who have been active and involved in their community, be it through uh, LSCs or PTAs or neighborhood organizations or Little League Baseball or whatever it is, Friends of the Park, you've been involved and you have a network of friends, then that is going to matter more than the money. The larger the district gets, the more important the influence of that outside money and the less important it is that your community involvement and how well you know your neighbors, how how much you're willing to go out and knock on doors. So that structure will help limit that until we can address campaign finance reform, which is very important in its own separate legislation. How do the recent personnel announcements at Chicago Public Schools bear on the push for an elected school board, if at all? Tremendously. And the reason I say that is this. The education of our children is an infinite horizon, right? We are not, should ever be looking at education policy in a short window. And so if I were to use an analogy, you know, you think of a, uh, a heavily laden cargo ship, right? You want to pick a point on the compass and you want to steer that ship towards that point on that compass. And if it should stray a little bit, you want to make thoughtful and deliberate corrections to that wheel. You don't want to go hard left, hard right. That is not productive to our system of education to be making dramatic policy changes. When you have an elected legislative body and the citizens get to weigh in through the course of that, those policy changes, whoever brings them to the table, will have to go through a process where everyone's voice is represented. And that will give it a thoughtful and deliberate process. Right now, you have a school board and you have an administration that is entirely within the control of the mayor of the city of Chicago. One person can hire and fire at will and can dramatically change the course Now, what if Mayor Lightfoot runs and loses to someone who has a completely different idea with authoritarian control over the schools? They can come in and say, all right, we're changing everything. That's not good to have dramatic swings in policy and education. They should be more thoughtful and deliberate. And so the the idea that all of this staff is turning over, I don't don't know why it's happened. I, I know that these are good people. These are people who from an administrative standpoint, I think they've all done very good work in the Chicago public school space. But when you have elected boards like that, where you've got 21 members, you're going to have more continuity and you're going to have less changes that are subject to the whims and fancies of the election of one person. That was Senator Robert Martwick of Chicago. Let's now turn to his colleague, Majority Leader Kimberly Lightford. Leader Lightford, could you tell me how you got involved in the debate over an elected school board in Chicago? Well, I've been involved in the conversation of an elected school board since uh, I would say around 2007 or maybe a little bit earlier than that. I I have been the uh, senator of the 4th Senate District, which includes the Austin community. And um, the previous mayor um, at that time, Mayor Daley, um, they came up with a plan called Renaissance 2010. And in that plan, they decided to shut down the Austin High School. So the very last graduating class of the Austin High School graduated in 2007. And we were very challenged in the Austin community over losing our high school. They came up with this concept of small schools within a school. So we began to convene 
with stakeholders uh, in the Austin community around what a small school within a school concept could look like, but to also acknowledge that we have to do something more as it relates to the school board um, having all appointments. And we began having the conversation around the fact that we needed an elected school board. Um, So it started really earlier on. I met with uh, some groups and we began to talk in my district office about what this could uh, look like. And of course, with Chicago being the absolute largest school district in the state, in the third largest K through 12 system in the country, it wasn't a small feat to figure out how to design an opportunity to go to a place of an elected school board. When we finally began to develop some things over the years, I realized here in in the legislature, being the chairman of education at that time, that there was some holdback. We went an eight-year period volleying this issue back and forth. So the Senate began to just not entertain the conversation as so much. The House continued to develop um, and make amendments. And then Senator Mark Wick, who was in the House, began to carry the bill six years ago. But the first four of those six years had no movement. And now it appears that we're going in a direction that all of our leadership supports an elected school board. And now the conversation has picked up. And that's the reason why I've become more involved again. I I just didn't like the politics and of of this idea um, and the way it would impact all of the children in Chicago uh, until they were serious about getting something done. Why do you believe the mayor should be able to appoint school board members? I've always been a huge proponent of an elected school board. And over the years prior to the, the volleying, the football of politics that this issue had taken on, we began to gauge a little bit about the stakes being too high for our city and for our children who are relying on us to make policy decisions that impact their future and to allow for a fully elected board without any checks or balances from the mayor whatsoever, like who's being held accountable of this eight billion dollar school system that impacts over 350,000 children and the stakes being too high uh, for black students and Latinx students. Um, and the, the fact that we had to have parent inclusion, recognizing that many parents may not have the time and money to invest in campaigns for these seats, knowing that there'll be special interests that will be driving these high stakes elections. So that's when I began to say perhaps there should be an opportunity for a transition of a hybrid model to get us to a fully elected board to just shut down everything and go from appointed board straight to an elected board, I think could be a a huge uh, miss that we make, which could have a a devastating impact on uh, the school system and the, and the, the students. A follow-up question then to that is how do you think accountability from the mayor is different from accountability to um, an electorate, say, of a school board district in Chicago? Could you elaborate on that? 
what I've learned since as a, a senator and serving on the Education Senate Committee as a member or vice chair, chair for almost 23 years, is that a $8 billion school system is much different from a smaller school district whose budget um, may be not even 10% of that. Um, the factor, uh, uh, the huge significant cost factor of this school district and the impact um, and the volume is very different of any other school district we have in the state. Uh, in fact, we have over 800 plus school districts with Chicago being the largest and you could almost probably put at least 750 of those school district sizes into one city of Chicago. And so we're dealing with something that I've not experienced before. And, and I would believe that the education stakeholders and community coalitions will want us to get this right. And so I'm just wanting to make sure that we get this right and whatever responsibilities we come up with that we ought to think that through. A lot of times we come from emotion and we're speaking from gut and we're displeased with actions that the board has taken, like closing our high school and then turning around some years later and shutting down 49 schools. You know, of course, we're upset about that. But when we're upset, we have to still be realistic and what can be implemented and the impacts and the resources that's needed to make sure that we actually have accountability that we actually um, providing an expertise um, for our teachers as well and supporting our teachers uh, hugely so that they can do the job that's needed for our students to be successful, but then also addressing the special interests um, that may go into a fully elected board, um, causing them to dominate the school system. So there's still some challenges that I feel we need to vet out with a little more detail. Mayor Lori Lightfoot is backing your measure. What's been the role of City Hall in the drafting process as uh, your bill makes its way toward committee and consideration by the full legislature? This is Mayor Lightfoot's bill. It's not my bill. Mayor Lightfoot uh, has come into uh, a time where it seems that things are moving. Uh, the previous mayor for eight years pretty much just shut it down. I, I get the sense that Mayor Lightfoot is in support of um, an elected school board. Um, my understanding is that she still wants to have a stake in it and be responsible for it, considering the city um, has a large investment and that the Chicago public schools should play a greater role. Um, and I would add to that that perhaps she's not the mayor forever. There's is going to be mayors on down the line. And so I think it's important um, to note that, that this isn't personal about Mayor Lightfoot for me. Um, this is for the um, Black children and their parents and the Latinx children and parents whose voices are often left out of significant conversations that they play a major role in as the actual participant. And so I was willing to carry the city's bill that they drafted because their voice needs to be a part of this process and there should be some negotiation because implementation has to happen. Uh, CPS will still have to drive 
and be supportive of the board. There still has to be a working relationship between the city, the Chicago Public Schools, along with the individuals that are elected to serve. So there has to be a relationship and we can't lose sight of that. And we have to come up with a process that will work. Politico recently reported that a meeting among supporters of three different bills for the elected school board would take place this coming Tuesday. What do you hope to get out of that meeting? I'm hoping that we could advance the legislative initiatives that both Senator Martwick has and that I'm carrying on behalf of um, Mayor Lightfoot in the city of Chicago. I think that um, there are some differences, but yet there's still quite a few similarities. So I hope that we can build on those similarities. We can acknowledge where the agreement actually lies and build on that. And then those sticking points that appears to be the hurdles that we began to dive into them and come up with an agreement that we're all there for the student and what's best for the child and their families. And that's the goal of the first meeting. I don't know that we'll have an answer and a be all and we're, we're done within that first meeting, but I'm certainly pushing for a cohesive effort and collaboration from all the stakeholders that will be in attendance for Tuesday. You voted to advance Senator Martwick's bill out of the Senate Executive Committee a couple of weeks ago, and you're also sponsoring a competing measure. Why did you do that? Yeah, because I don't see him as a competing measure, and I'm not going to allow the media to create a negative connotation around it. I support Senator Markwick's bill. As I've stated, I've always uh, supported an elective school board um, from the early 2000s. This isn't something that just came about, and I've been heavily embedded and involved with our state's education system and have been a huge fighter for the Chicago public schools and the students and the teachers. And so for For me, I believe his bill has a lot of good measures and good intentions, and and therefore I I voted for it. And I would be a sponsor. Whatever we come up with as our final result, I will be supportive of that. But again, Mayor Lightfoot and the Chicago Public Schools have a a, a role. Um, they, They should be held accountable in so many ways and should be a part of this conversation and have a voice in what what actually happens to the significance of the school district. It's really important. It's too important. And the stakes are too high. And I cannot just sit back and allow for politics to overshadow our children's education. I I just, I'm not going to allow that to happen. I was wondering if we could go back a minute to, you mentioned special interests that might get involved in school board elections. Could you tell me a little bit about what your concerns are there? Oh, absolutely. You know, when we just look at some of the other um, states and cities around us, if you just look at California, Los Angeles, the city of Los Angeles is probably a good parallel to the school district for Chicago in terms of size and scope. They converted to a fully elected school board. Uh, Millions of dollars had to be poured into those races. And those elections became more of a battle between charter schools 
schools and interest schools and the teachers unions and often left out the parents and their involvement and their voice for their children. And for me, Black children today and historically have faced the absolute widest achievement gaps, discipline gaps, and their failure of public education have had the most devastating consequences on on their life. And the unemployment rate and the success rate of attaining higher education, all of that has been a challenge. And so has for Latinx parents whose children comprise of half of the school system in Chicago. They should have a voice that includes not only citizens of immigrant parents, but including all of the undocumented as well. They have a right to speak up for their children, and not to mention children with disabilities and, and special needs children. Those parents, too, are often overlooked, and they're a minority in this conversation, and they should have representation. So when you start talking to all of these special interest groups and, and they're fighting for more charters or or fighting for more special interests or the teachers union, which I actually love and support the teachers unions because I think they have to be engaged and involved in teaching our children. But when it's not coming from a good place in terms of the, the fight with the resources, I think those voices that I mentioned get often get left out. And it happened um, in Los Angeles, and I'm concerned that it would happen in Chicago. What kind of compromises could you envision coming out of this discussion? Well, I know that there is a difference in the amount of uh, members to actually serve. I know that Senator Mark Wick's bill is calling for a, a much higher number than the bill that I'm carrying. And so I think there ought to be a healthy compromise there on getting to a number that would be best able to manage, not too many, but enough that the diversity of the city is representative, you know, and that there is enough to spread across the entire city. And and what does that number serve? Would that be the size of a state representative district? Um, Would that be, you know, what would that be the size of a commissioner's seat or a a senator's seat? We know that it would be much larger than an alderman ward, because then you're talking 50 (laughs) individuals, right? So being honest to what is realistic in terms of being able to get uh, the job done with the number not being too high or too low. So I believe that we can come up with something fair there that we think would uh, lead our system into a, a good place and a nice sizable number of being able to communicate effectively on the board. I also know that there are some determinations around should it be a hybrid leading to a fully elected board or should it be a fully elected board immediately. And then if so, if it's a hybrid, how many are elected, how many are appointed, who gets the chairmanship? How does that happen? Is there a tiebreaker possibility by the, if the mayor's appointment be a tiebreaker? So there are so many different case scenarios that we have to vet out to actually come up with the best outcome. And what we could see as the a, a a place of who's accountable, you know, who's responsible if this thing tanks, who, 
who can the families of the city of Chicago hold accountable to make those drastic changes that would need to be made very quickly. And then finally, I would say to that is that it's important that we know as legislators that when it's a big issue, that there may not be a perfect bill. You know, there could be trailer bills and challenges and things come along that we have to address. But I love education and I love the children in the city of Chicago and I want them to receive a good quality education. And I don't want a whole lot of time spent on us fixing things. I think that we ought to submit the best option that we can from the start. And if there are any minor tweaks along the way, those tweaks should be minor in nature that they're not impacting the overall quality of education for all the students in the city. Do you yourself have an opinion as to whether the hybrid school board is a consistent feature of the school board going forward or if it should turn into a fully elected school board at some point? I don't know that I'm I'm sold yet on on anything other than being a good lead negotiator. What I know right now is that we are at a stalemate and that that there are people involved that should be and there are some voices that are still missing. And I'm interested in hearing all of that and weighing that out because I'm sure there's some things that I need to still learn about how to make this as best successful as possible. So I would be premature in telling you it ought to be a certain way. And then I learn in negotiations some of the challenges that we may have overlooked because we don't know enough about how the system is ran, what the expertise is calling for, um, what type of representation and accountability that we're looking for. How do we keep those special interests um, out? How do we not make this be the biggest funding campaign in the state? You know, those things are things that I'm really interested in keeping all those voices at the table until we can come up with a process. I know right now, though, every other school district in the state has a voting body that's elected and that we ought to have that same opportunity in Chicago. What that actually looks like is what I'm still trying to drive the best results. What voices do you feel like haven't been brought to the table that you are planning to hear from before you sort of form a more concrete opinion on what I just asked you? I think that the voice of the experts and how to manage and run an $8 billion school system has to be a voice that we hear from because there's so many school districts that often have challenges with far smaller budgets, with smaller territory, you know, everything smaller than this, the third largest K through 12 system in the country. And so that whole idea that they bring in terms of innovation sometimes, that should be at the table. The, the representation from parents, you know, as legislators, we can tell you what our parents uh, contact us about and what our constituents are concerned with, but I wanna make sure that those parents who children have the greatest needs, that their voice is actually heard and represented. So we have to make sure there's a way that we 
ensure that there is a, a parent participation, a voting parent on this board is important, um, especially if they don't have the resources to run a campaign and be able to compete. How do we ensure that their inclusion is there because it is their children that are, is moving through this system? And then I'm concerned about accountability. How do we determine who is ultimately accountable? And um, how do we make sure that that conversation is there and it's, it's, it's elected and it's realistic, you know? So there's still the, the gathering of the information and data to determine what our best practices uh, could be for how this should look. Thank you for having me. That's the end of this episode of The Cloudcast. I'm Caroline Kaczynski. Thanks again to our interviewees, Senator Robert Martwick and Senate Majority Leader Kimberly Lightford. Thanks to Joel Ebert and Alex Nitkin, who provided production and editorial assistance. We'll be out with another episode in two weeks. See you then.